Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome back to Mum's The Word, the parenting podcast. I'm Grace Victory and I'm your guest host for this week. I'm mummy to Cyprus, who is two and a half, and Kamiko, who is one very, very soon. One of the hardest things I found when I became a parent was just the constant being switched on and needed. I found it really, really tough. And one of the most surprising things I found from becoming a mother is how much healing your inner child gets through your own children. It's a really beautiful, a beautiful thing. One of the biggest tips I can give new mums is take the help. If anyone offers to help with cooking, cleaning, taking the kids to the park, take it. Don't be that person to be like, oh, I'm fine and it's all good. No, take the help so you can rest. Now, that's enough with me. Let's get into this week's chat. As we all know, especially me as a new mum, sleep really is hard to come by with our little ones and can be a source of great stress. Um, Routines can go out the window and a baby's sleep can change a lot in their first few years. But how can we keep on top of this so we can sleep better? Luckily this week, I am joined by the lovely BBC presenter Kat QB and sleep expert Sarah Carpenter also known as the Sleep Mums. And between them, they have over 30 years professional experience and hands-on practice with babies and sleep. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thanks so much for having us. Thank you for having us. Thanks for coming on. So was there an event in your own parenting like life that led you to start the Sleep Mums podcast? becoming becoming a parent so a wee a wee bit of backstory um i had my eldest daughter indy eight years ago and um like many new parents i really struggled with sleep she had quite a lot of feeding issues and there was a lot of uh you know things going on as often as the case when she was brand new i read all the books i was a total parenting junkie um, and I and she still wouldn't sleep and I was completely broken, you know, and there will be lots of parents listening. You may even feel this yourself, Grace, but I was yes. up sort of every 45 minutes and I just was not coping. 
And um, a friend actually put me in touch with Sarah and um, I, 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 I spent ages with her number not calling her because I felt like such a failure. You know, I think mm. that uh, we kind of are, are sort of sold this myth that you're going to become a parent and know what to do and that and and if you don't then you're rubbish and you're failing yeah. and I totally I felt that so much anyway I did eventually call her she turned up at my house uh eight months pregnant <laughs> and so she stayed she stayed the night and that's what she does um with 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 newborn support or well not, actually Indy wasn't a newborn but uh sleep support and um uh, she was like, yeah, I'll sleep on the floor. I was like, oh my goodness, this woman is a total trooper. And um, uh, yeah, we bonded at sort of 3 a.m. Um, and through the course of several weeks, she helped me with Indy's sleep and helped me to get her sleeping. And just actually, the, the biggest thing I think Sarah gave back to me, this is like a total loving at the time, but like, <laughs> um, you know, was really my enjoyment of being a parent it wasn't just mm. sleep on its own it, she helped me to feel more in control of it because we all know that the reality is sleep isn't linear it doesn't fall in a in a straight line you know even with that eight that baby that is now an eight-year-old the other night she was up a couple of times during the night with growing pains and needing a wee you know it, so it, yeah. it doesn't it just doesn't go away sorry but in some ways, what if you know that, I think maybe it makes it feel better. But anyway, so that happened. Sarah and I ended up becoming really good pals. Um, I was working at a lot in the parenting space, writing about parenthood. And we always were like, oh, we should write a book. And then the pandemic happened. And I was like, why don't we start a podcast? We'll just do six episodes to help parents through those sort of first couple of months when there's so little support available, particularly face-to-face -face stuff, Sarah was like, absolutely not. Because <laughs> she's, she's a reluctant star. And um, but I was like, just do it for the children. And, yeah. um, uh, and I managed to persuade her and it completely kind of exploded from there. We've now done over 70 episodes, um, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of downloads. And um, and we uh, got a, an agent and a book deal. And we published a book with HarperCollins last year called Sleep Better Baby. So that was the journey. And Sarah, how did you start being like a baby whisperer, a sleep expert? <laughs> so I, I, I did my training um gosh, like it must be 22 years ago now down at the Norland Nursery Training College. So I started my career as a Norland nanny and I knew during my training that I wanted to kind of specialise more with the younger ages. Um, so that obviously meant that I was much more focused on routine and sleep and things like that. Um, and I was a very, after I'd finished nannying in London, I went out to Australia and worked as a very traditional maternity nurse. So I was mm -hmm. moving in with families for six to 12 weeks and getting them into a routine and, you know, really sort of helping them become parents. And when I moved back to Scotland, I realised that, you know, times have changed. Not as many people needed that service, but people did need help still. But it was much more specific sleep-related help that people were looking for. And so just over time with different families, I kind of tailored the help more to what people were requesting and became 
who I am now, I suppose. So, um, so yeah, I've done it for a lot longer than I've been a parent. Um, and I certainly found that when I was pregnant with my first, who is now 11, I felt that instead of everybody asking how I was, the first question on everyone's lips was, you know, and how are you going to get your baby to sleep? So it was very, I felt a lot of pressure during the pregnancy that I had to have this perfect baby who slept really well. Um, And actually with my first, he did that for me and he was a fantastic baby. But with my second, I did have to put a lot of what I talk to clients about into practice and um, yeah it really opened me up to seeing how difficult it is as mm. a parent it's very easy for me to come in and work alongside people and support them but actually when you've got all those hormones flying around it's a completely different situation yes Sarah's very self-deprecating she's like she is a she's so good at what she does because yes she's so holistic about it and she has all this like she has the training and then she has the experience but she also has a personal experience as as a yeah and she's a lovely person (laughs) it's empathetic I feel like yeah yeah. So why Thank don't you. babies sleep? I need I need answers. <laughs> the, the the question we'd all love <laughs> to answer. I think it's really important to try and sort of rephrase how you think about that question because babies do sleep. They just have very sleep different sleep needs to us as adults. Yeah. So yeah. It's not, you know, where all our needs can be fitted into so many hours during the day. Babies' mm. needs are much more complex than that. And so I think, you know, there's so much negativity around baby sleep, especially now with social media being so um, in your face. Yeah, and you compare yourself. Yeah. And in the last few weeks, there's been a lot on Instagram about, you know, people opening up and saying that they feel like failures because of the way that their babies are sleeping. And actually what their babies are doing is completely developmentally normal. So, you know, if you've got mm. a three, four-week-old baby who's up three or four times a night to feed that's what they need to do and you're meeting their needs by doing it so all the focus that we have on sleep and getting more sleep I think has made people really negative about sleep and actually misunderstand what sleep needs are so yes babies do sleep it's just that they don't sleep the same way as us when they're tiny babies and in those really in the first year but it doesn't mean that you can't get sleep yeah because I see people online and they're like oh yeah you know my five months old has started sleeping through the night and I'm like Kamiko is one next month and she is still like hi at 3am and she's not hungry because I offer her a bottle and she pushes it away and she just wants to talk to me she's up and I'm like you're joking you're joking but that's just boundaries you know It's because she loves her mama. Yeah, when her, when she's with her dad, she doesn't get up. It's when she's with me in my bed or next to me that she's like, hi, mum. Hi. So. you Just before we uh, jumped on on the podcast, you were chatting about the fact that she's learning to pull herself up. And, she, mm-hmm. you know, and that's such a big element of why, you know, I was saying that sleep isn't this thing that, that just happens. It's not like you crack 12 hours and then it's going to be like that forever and ever. We know that yeah. as adults. Um, and they learn so much in those first few years. And whenever there's something developmental going on, um, it, it's likely that they're going to be up during the night um practicing those things so yeah. it's so important to uh, you know the the things that you can do to kind of um 
help that is just make sure they're having as much time during the day to practice Mm -hmm. those those things giving them the space giving them the time to do it because I think you know and I so my youngest is is 20 months and um he just comes along to everything he does not get space to practice these things because he just he's number three and he gets chucked in the carrier or in the buggy and he just has to accept that so I am aware that he quite often will do that be up through the night because he's not not having time to practice what he wants to yeah that's very interesting in that situation as well when um, your little one is developing and wants to sort of be enthusiastic at night it's really important to just make it as boring for her as you possibly can so don't give her that sort of enthusiasm back you know oh my god I'm like come on Kamiko let's you can stand you can do (laughs) oh my god (laughs) yeah I'm like, let's go, babes. That's what I always console wow. myself with, you know, that if it is, um, you know, that my kid's wanting me over over my partner, it's just because I'm so much more fun. 100%. I'm the favourite. That's what I tell yeah. myself. They just, they just love me more, so. We console ourselves with that because it makes ourselves feel better. What other um, tips do you have to try and help babies to sleep or just mums that are struggling the lack of sleep I think the main thing is get help like and we don't just mean from people like us but you know tap into help from everybody that can give it because it can be so lonely in those first few months and years being a parent and actually if you are more open if people are more open and honest about what's really going on then people can actually support each other so you know like you were saying with people online saying oh my baby is five months and sleeps during the night Often when you actually ask them their definition of sleeping through the night, it could be like 10 till 5 and Mm -hmm. that's sleeping through the night to them. So by posting that their babies are sleeping through the night, they're actually, you know, either not being completely honest about what other people think of as sleeping through the night, but it's bringing other people down. And I think when people genuinely start to talk about, you know, what's really going on and how they're all really feeling it can make people feel so much more supported I just don't post about sleeping through just don't do it like that's what we always say like you know don't never be too smug when your baby is sleeping because you never know what's gonna happen totally years and years ago I worked for um about eight clients at the same time and none of them admitted to getting help but they were all with the same NCT group so that I would go to people's houses and they'd be like oh and so and so's getting so much sleep and this is happening and I knew and obviously client confidentiality I said nothing but I knew that they were not getting sleep and that I was going in and helping them as well and it wasn't until all the little ones were between two and a half and three that they all confessed to using me. I'm in total agreement because I often feel like I don't need a break from my kids I need a break from everything else the cooking, the washing, work, like all the admin of life. Definitely. And I think that's so important. Like, I think if you can acknowledge that, then, um, you know, you, you're you're already halfway there because actually you're saying this isn't just about the baby. This is about the bigger picture. And that parenting is like, even now, I mean, minor, um, 
God, I actually forgotten my own age, children's ages. <laughs> Seven, ten, and eleven, and I've got two of them off school sick today. And I, the first thing I wanted to do when I got up this morning was phone my mum and be like, "Can you come over and help?" And I haven't done it because I'm like, I can do this, but it doesn't change like that need for kind of your village to come and help sticks no matter how old they are. I really, that's so interesting. Okay. Hi all, it's TV's Gail Porter here. I am so excited to tell you that I am joining the Paranormal Activity family and will be hosting a number of live podcast recordings across the UK. The first is on the 5th of October at London's haunted Richmond Theatre. Expect terrifying tales, audience interaction and hopefully a spirit or two. If you want to join me and share your own paranormal experiences, get tickets at www.paranormalpod.com. UK. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. I definitely feel like I need my mum. Like, oh my god, my mum my is my village. Um, yes. And I, I just think kids are just, they're more chill with their nan. <laughs> and I'm like, if that was me, they'd be kicking off. Um, so yeah, that's really interesting. Do you have any sleep, like any advice for toddler sleep? Because my toddler in particular right now is going through something. He's not wanting to go to bed until about 10 p.m. and then waking mm-hmm. up at night. And I'm not sure. He is also though talking a lot more. Like he's able to do like three or four words now, like in a sentence, which is like incredible. Um, but yeah, it's obviously very, very tough on mum. So how old is he? He's three in December. They quite often do go through such big developmental leaps that um, at that age they do have a bit of disruption, but it can also be really ha- massively connected to um nap times as well so nap times and bed times can completely change so is he still having a nap yes because if he doesn't have a nap at 4 p.m he's like ko'd like he's asleep 
Yeah. Like, someone like Cypress, like, wake up and he will not wake up in the car, on the sofa. It's like he wants to drop the nap, but he's not quite there yet. And he gets really moody in the afternoons. Yeah. So I would think about how long he's napping for and what time he's napping. So try and keep the nap as early as possible and as short as possible. So you want it to be, you don't really want him to go through two sleep cycles if he's getting to that stage where he's dropping it. So you want it to be around about 30, 35 minutes. And then you, and try and keep it like closer to kind of two o'clock is a good time for a quick cat nap like that. And then set your bedtime initially to eight o'clock and then start to bring it, bring it back. So if eight o'clock is working really well, then move it to like 10 to seven and then 20, sorry, 20 and then 20 to eight until it's back at half seven, which is a great bedtime for that age. And then as I was saying earlier, like keep things super boring. So you want to meet his bedtime needs, like teeth, toilet, drink, story, yeah. And then if you're sitting in the room with him or if you're just sitting by the door, you want to be really silent and calm and not engage in chat. But you can see, you know, you're doing really well and your language is really good. So we're going to talk about that in the morning and make sure anything that he has come up with at night, you do address in the morning. So you come back to that conversation that it's been left on at night, always come back to in the morning so that he gains that confidence that... Right. Um, that you are going to remember things and you are going to talk to him about it. Okay, cool. One thing I have to, have to talk about is the crying out method. Because personally, it's not for me. It's not for me. But I know that some people are all for it. What are your thoughts on that? Does it work? Do you think it's traumatising? Because I do. (laughs) So... There's always going to be methods out there that we don't agree with and people don't like. And generally, cry out, control crying, they are not methods that we would promote or work with. I have had clients come to me and say, we've done our research, this is what we want to do, can you support us with that? And I will talk them through the process and what it's really going to look like and the benefits of doing it in a different way and see if, you know, they then come round to that way of thinking and that's what we'll implement. I personally would not do cry out with any clients um, and I didn't do it with my own children, but there are always going to be people that it's worked for. So as with everything, there shouldn't be judgment. You know, if you've chosen to do it that way, you shouldn't feel judged for choosing it, choosing to do it that way, just like you shouldn't feel judged for being a more gentle parent. But do I think it works? In a nutshell, no, because if you use cry it out, you're not learning the tools and techniques to support your child through the process. And so it might work or appear to work in a point in time, but then the next time your baby has disrupted sleep, then you don't have anything to fall back on other than, oh my God, we're going to have to do cry out again. And I cannot tell you how many people have come to me saying, okay, we did cry out at this age and um, it worked, but here we are again and we don't know what to do. So, you know, that says a lot to me. Comforters. What are they? Do you recommend? I mean, I'm all for a dummy. I'm not going to lie. 
um, but I know some people are really against them. What are your thoughts? I mean, I love a dummy too, but my my first daughter, you know, my daughter didn't take one. So it's not always an option, but I think Sarah and I feel quite, I mean, this is like connected to the whole judgment thing. You know, you've got to do about what works for for you and for your baby and dummies are brilliant for some and not for for others and also they have a brilliant place until some point and then they are you know you maybe want to get rid of them so I think any comforters are have a good and a bad side to them that's the thing um between my three we had various different ones um and yeah like my daughter still at age seven, she still has her baby blanket. So, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think the main thing is, and the thing that we would always say to everybody is that you're in control of the comforter initially. So if it's something that you think by the time baby gets to like 18 months, you're going to want to take away from them, don't introduce it in the first place. If you're comfortable using it, for a long period of time until they decide to give it up, then it's fine. Or if it's a dummy and you're going to use it for a few months and then take it away, then that's fine. But try not to remove things at really vulnerable ages. And, you know, anything really from kind of 11 months to three can be really, really difficult to take a comforter away. It can really affect the child. So so just think about it. Um, you know, you don't want you don't want to be making it harder on yourself by giving something that you then want to remove. The most important thing is to 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 make sure it's safe um, and and age appropriate. So, you know, for example, a dummy is absolutely grand from the get go. Um, actually, with both of my boys, um, they they had a dummy, but I took it away at six months and I thought it was going to be super painful but it was absolutely fine like that's a really good stage to do it but if you don't do it at that point as Sarah's saying it's kind of better often to just wait until they're older and you can actually talk it through with them but when it comes to um, you know cuddly toys and things like that you just have to be really mindful of them being breathable and the age of the baby but of course we all need comfort you know like I, I cuddle a pillow at night sorry my husband doesn't get a look in but you know like um and that is I guess like my comforter very 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 true I think going back to the judgment things I think it's that's the, one of the hardest parts I think of motherhood and parenthood is is the the judgment and like the looks or the other opinions that you get around how you're raising your your child and I think social media doesn't help that it's nice to have a check-in. I think sometimes you feel really lonely. You feel like you're the only person going through like lack of sleep or your baby's not sleeping through. But then talking to people like you, it's like, oh, okay, that like, this is very, very normal. We aspire to normalize normality, <laughs> as daft as that sounds. But like, you know, um, I think that you get snapshots on social media and that's been the case. See, even before social media existed, you know, you would sh be shown these like things in movies or uh, on any kind of content uh, adverts and stuff yeah. that looked yeah. like perfection. And, you know, it's not like that. It's messy and it's... Um, you know, there's a lot of body fluids involved and, um, you know, it's it's chaotic. And and that's why we're all so overwhelmed because it's so full on. Um, but, yeah, of course, it's also beautiful and magical and like the best for me and, you know, like the best 
thing in the world to have, you know, cuddles with my children or for them to tell me that they love me. So it's like this weird sort of, oh, oh, I I don't even know how to explain it. I think that's the thing, isn't it? There aren't words for parenthood. No, and every time I'm with parenting is so extreme. It's like, you you know, in the space of an hour as a parent, you you experience extreme lows and extreme highs and you can't put your finger on it because it is just so wild as my toddler is just funny and i'll be so so tired and like stressed out he's had like 10 tantrums he's just going through it and he goes to me mama you good and i'm like <laughs> no no i'm not good um but him talking to me and like his personality i'm like wow this is incredible but no i'm not okay um yeah. But it's so amazing, like, I, I think as well, like, my kids are, you know, older too, a bit older, they're doing, um, they're at school, and they're doing so much stuff about emotions and resilience and um, kind of things like that in a way that we, I certainly didn't have. And they've got this language to be able to talk about their feelings. And I think it's so brilliant. Um, I know you guys had a question, I think, for us that came in. Megan on WhatsApp has sent in a question. And she says, help, I've just had my little boy and feel over the past week, I've only had about six hours of sleep. He's normally up and down throughout the night. And by the time my eyes drop, like clockwork, he will wake up. I feel like I'm stuck in a loop. He's just coming up to a year old. Do you have any advice on how I can get him to sleep through and get some more sleep myself? Well, I mean... So- it's sort of what we touched on earlier, but um, have a look at his needs and make sure that you are meeting them. So think about your routine and schedule, think about your naps, think about food, and then think about what you're actually doing when he wakes. You know, if it's too exciting and stimulating, then he is going to wake more. So think about the environment and things like that. Um, obviously, like there's so much on this on our podcast and in the book, but um, yeah, like it's really really thinking about why he's getting up at night so much as he missing something from his day that you need to tweak and change so that he's getting his needs are being met during the day so that he can have longer stretches at night so that could be obviously food it could be like sleep or naps too much or too little or it could as we were talking about be um time to practice new skills which of what there are obviously loads happening uh, around one but I think also something that I really hear in that is also about her and her own sleep and I think that's such a big part that it's almost as soon as I'm going to sleep he he wakes up and I think one of the hardest things too as parents can be switching off and and getting to sleep my my second was uh, actually a really good sleeper but I was you know not in a good place mentally and I really really struggled to sleep myself so sometimes we, I think we have to parent the parent a little bit as well. And actually, a lot of the advice we give for babies and young children works really well for adults as well. Like, have a bedtime routine. Make sure you're not doing the doom scroll when you get into bed, as hard as that is. You know, um, make sure you're, the environment that you sleep in is calming. You're not too hot. You're not too cold. You know, all of these things that we talk about for babies actually are good for parents um, as well. And then, um, so, you know, have a think 
have a think about how you're getting to sleep as well. That's that. I mean, that's only a part of it, obviously, if he's up on the regular, but um, it, it's something to think about. Yeah, I started um, adult colouring books. Mm, love those. Wind myself down like before bed because I found myself doing the scrolling on TikTok for hours. Um, so that really helped me. And switching my phone to red light mode. So instead of the blue light, which obviously is so like bright and harsh, the red light, you can barely see anything on your phone anyway, so you don't want to go on it. Um, and magnesium supplements really helped me. Oh my goodness, yeah. I, am, I am a huge fan of magnesium, both for myself and actually my eldest too. Um, there, there, isn't, there isn't science to back this up before anyone gets upset, but I, anecdotally, um, she got very bad night terrors from about the age of three until we started her on on magnesium tablets herself and um it, it literally within two weeks her night terrors ceased um so whether it's a placebo or not it, it certainly helps with it can help with the wee ones as well yeah mm -hmm. agreed it was so nice to talk to you both and thank you so much for coming on the podcast today Thank you so much for having us. We we loved it. And obviously you can find the Sleep Mums podcast wherever you get your podcasts too. There's over 70 episodes on there covering pretty much everything, although there's more to come. And our book, Sleep Better Baby, best-selling book. We, we put a lot of love and care into and we're super proud of. And, and it's an amazing Bible to help people make their own decisions about what they need to, to support them in in sleep and that's available in all good bookstores online and offline Love had that. to get a sales pitch in there <laughs> thanks for listening to mum's the word a parenting podcast make sure to hit the subscribe or follow button so you never miss an episode we love to hear from you. Get in touch on WhatsApp where you can send us a voice message for free, even anonymously, if you want, at 075 29275 27. Email us at at gmail.com or leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'll be back with another episode, same time, same place, next week. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.